Heya, and welcome to Remember Music Videos. Each week, we'll chat about music videos that we love from an album of one of our favorite artists. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and even some things in between. My name is Dio. My name is Crystal, and we will be your resident music video aficionados. We've done some research, so you don't have to. We'll share little tidbits, fun facts, and give you our perspective on how we think these videos not only impacted the culture, but what they mean to us personally. We're sharing our love of them and hope you love them too. And if you want to check out the music videos that we're discussing this week, uh, you can check them out on our YouTube channel and on Facebook. And with that being said, let's get it cracking. Oh, hi. Hello. How goes it? It's a good one. <laughs> How's it going with you? It's going great. I can't complain. I can't complain. Nice. Yeah, for what? Crystal, you are so positive all the time. I don't think I've ever seen you say anything negative. Oh, wow. That is untrue. <laughs> but I try. I try to give grace as much as possible. Listen, you do a better <laughs> job than I do. Listen, it's not a competition. It's not a competition. Because you would win. <laughs> <laughs> um how's your week been um you know hump day wednesday is always a good day halfway through the week and um looking forward to uh, the weekend love it are you excited about who we're covering today oh my goodness um so many emotions um, <laughs> <laughs> this album is uh, an artist um, definitely pulls on my cancer booty vibe, you know, identity. Cancer booty vibe? Moody, moody, not booty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oops, misheard that. I gotta work on it. I gotta do squats. Um, <laughs> but um, moody makes much more sense, gotta say. Of course, yes. Um, and why is that? What artist and album are we covering this week? We are covering one of my favorites from the 90s, Maxwell, Urban Hang Suite, one of the ones, a, a shining light of that old school. He kind of um, was a part of that neo-soul movement which was different from the 90s R&B hip hop um, mm -hmm. that we've covered so much through these um, through these episodes. But listen, there's a place for everything. And uh, yeah. he came on the scene and just killed it. Killed it. Essential album. Essential. Yeah. Um, start to finish. No skips. None. Zero. Zero. Um, Zero skips. A very perfect album, I'd like to say. <laughs> it really, really is. I remember when this album came out. This album came out in April of 1996. This album kind of had a slow start. It came out and it didn't really find its stride uh, until some months later. Yep. And I remember it was a Saturday afternoon. I didn't have any plans. I was bored. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go up to the Wiz, which was a record store that was around in the 90s and probably early 2000s, not around anymore. Nobody beat the Wiz. 
Exactly. And I'm just going to go and kind of see what's out there. And I remember they had this CD and it was on sale for $7.98. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's a bargain. Why are they basically giving away this CD? Because they were normally priced at like $24.99, right? Like They vary. Sometimes the least expensive one usually maybe was like $12.98 or $13.98, but they would go up mm. to like $23, something like that. Yeah. So that was definitely a bargain. Yeah. I had kind of heard of him, but not really. But anyway, I was like, it's a bargain. I liked the cover. It seemed a little bit mysterious. So I was just kind of like, ooh, I'm going to get this. Honey, when I got back home and put that CD in and played her, I felt like I had happened upon a, something, a gem. Mm-hmm. And it was like, why are they giving this album away? Like more people should be listening to this, like back to front, like so so good, so good. Oh and pretty much fell in love with Maxwell at that point. Feelings? Like I was a massive Maxwell fan after, after that. Oh, so you, I feel like, so you, you liked him before I did. My, mine was more slow, right? Like I remember when the first single came out and I was like, eh, this is different. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the 90s hip-hop R&B that we knew that, that was happening at that time. And mm-hmm. so I thought, this is new and this is strange. <laughs> I remember thinking it was strange for the first single. And then the second yeah. and third single came out. Second single, I'm like, okay, this is a bop. I'd like this. And then the third one, I'm like, I have yeah. to get this album. Like, I, like, Yeah. And then made me revisit the first single and realized... Oh my God, this is a piece of art. It's a work. Yeah, no, totally. 100%. Yeah, I can definitely, I'm definitely with you. Till the Cops Come Knocking wasn't my favorite track. And I was kind of like, oh, that came out. That's interesting, but I wasn't really into it. Yeah. I didn't get into it until after. And then like you said, revisiting, it's like, oh no, 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 this is a jam. (laughs) Like, and it makes sense. Like, this is amazing. And it makes sense, yeah. It's so it's so interesting how that how that happens. Yeah, and I think that's what's so great about this album. It's kind of like you have to sit in it. You have to give it a listen. You know what I mean? And then every time you listen to it, you find something new, and yeah, and you, it just fits as a whole. Yeah, as a whole complete piece of art. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a great album. One hundred percent. Yeah, and you know a little bit about. Maxwell's beginnings. He was born Gerald Maxwell Rivera on May 23rd, 1973, uh, which makes him a Gemini. And he was born in Brooklyn, New York. He grew up in East New York and he was the son of a Haitian mother and a Puerto Rican father. He started composing music at the age of 17 and he taught himself to play a variety of instruments. He was heavily influenced by the R&B of the early 1980s. And uh, by 1991, he was performing on the New York City club scene. He eventually recorded a demo and then um, that demo garnered interest. And then he had an official debut concert performance at the Manhattan nightclub that was known as Nels. Do you remember Nels? You might be a little bit too young here. You remember Nels? Oh my God, no, I remember Nels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It kind of, it was there for a while. And then I kind of. You used to go to Nell's a lot. I didn't go to Nell's a lot, but I went there. Went, every time I went, I enjoyed it. Let's put it that way. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a really, really fun time. That to me was kind of like, you know, quintessential New York of the nineties. Yeah. Like, you know, good music, good, good crowd, good stuff. So he continued performing throughout New York City, and he eventually got signed to a recording contract with Columbia Records in 1994. And then uh, I thought it was interesting that he adopted his middle name as a moniker um, out of respect for his family's privacy. So um, I love that. Yeah, Maxwell. More of a ring to it than, than Gerald anyway. So we'll take that. Mm. So after he got signed, he began working with songwriter Leon Ware, who also worked with Michael Jackson, Marvin Gaye, and others. Fun fact about Leon Ware, he was a songwriter and producer. He recorded a demo that eventually became Marvin Gaye's I Want You LP. So Leon Ware kind of was like, this is my demo. These are my songs. This is what I want to kind of, you know, I want to be this, you know, solo recording artist. And Barry Gordy allegedly was kind of like, hmm, this sounds like it would be a better fit for Marvin Gaye. And and it, and it was great because, hello, it's Marvin Gaye. I want you. Classic. But I thought it was interesting that, um, you know, I, I, I can imagine Leon Weir, you know, recording this demo and having kind of, you know, big dreams for himself as a, a solo artist. And then somebody saying, um, no. Oh my goodness. But um he did get the uh he did get, you know, credit for that. So um and he had been he had already cemented himself into, you know, the Motown stable of um of artists. So Maxwell worked with him as well as a guitarist Wawa Watson, who's also a well known Motown artist. They recorded Maxwell's debut album. Another interesting fact is when this album was completed, it pretty much sat unreleased for about a year. Wow. They didn't really know how to market it, um, which I think maybe makes sense in the sense of, you know, that the era was R&B hip hop, which this album was not. So they probably felt like, oh, where's it going to fit in? But listen, there's a space for everything. Right. Every single R&B artist doesn't need to fall into the R&B slash hip hop category. Right. I think I heard an interview where he um, he was saying that as an artist, if you if someone says that, oh, this doesn't fit the format of what people are listening to, that you should push more on that because yeah. that means there's a space for it. You know what I mean? Because like, you don't want to do what everyone else is doing. You want to... Exactly carve your own space in your own lane. Yeah. And I think these these record execs, they get so kind of in their head a little bit. They kind of just try to kind of regurgitate the same old thing. And they're like, oh, that that works. So let's do that. <laughs> let's do that again. And it's kind of like, well, you don't actually have to do that. Like there's yeah. there, there's space, there's room for, for, for everything, all kinds of things. It's just kind of, you know, got to find uh, its audience. And it eventually did find its audience. It spent 78 weeks on the Billboard 200's album chart, and it became a top 30 chart hit in the UK. And the album was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best R&B Album at the 39th 
Grammy Awards and it lost to the Tony Rich Project's Words album. Do you remember Tony Rich? Well, I do remember, um, but now in retrospect, it's kind of like, oh, Maxwell should have should have won. He had more staying power. 100% robbed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 100% yeah. robbed. I mean, the Tony Rich Project was good, but... You know what? I never fully got into the Nobody Knows song. Like, it was huge. The Nobody Knows was a huge song. Yeah. But it never spoke to me like all of Maxwell's tracks spoke to me. All of them. Yeah. No. 100%. All of them. I bet you were so upset. You're like, I'm going to call the police and they're going to come a knocking. Hey, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to. <laughs> Till the Cops Come Knocking was the first um, single released from uh, the Urban Hang Suite album. This track was written by Maxwell and Ha David, who was a frequent collaborator with Maxwell. <laughs> and it was produced by Maxwell and Peter Mochran. And Peter Mochran mixed and produced for a variety of artists, including Aaliyah, Janet Jackson, Tony Braxton, Lisa Stansfield, Mary J. Blige, Prince, Michael Jackson, to name a few. Till the Cops Come Knockin' debuted on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Singles and Tracks at number 87. And it peaked at number 79, and the single spent 12 weeks on the chart. And uh, to your point that you mentioned earlier about, you know, if the record execs don't think there's a space for it, then definitely push for it. He really pushed for this song to be the first release from the album, even recognizing that maybe it's maybe not the greatest one to be the first, but kind of worked with his vision of like the whole narrative of the album, yeah. if you will. And listen, like we mentioned, we didn't quite get it at first, but then when the other singles were released, we went back and we we're like, yes, now we do. Now we do. Yeah. So he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we should discuss his appearance. Like he is a very handsome man. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, the the afro it was kind of like not what we were seeing yeah in like we like we mentioned in in the r&b world um uh, hip-hop r&b world and um there was a level of sophistication that i guess we weren't seeing in r&b for a while yeah so i mean and so that leads us to the music video that was filmed in harlem and it was directed by Eric Johnson, who was um, a photographer, and he created a lot of iconic images for the likes of Notorious B.I.G., Missy Elliott, Lauren Hill. And you can tell in the video, like the video's got some 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 visual appeal in it for sure. Right, he's kind of like a model, so it's visually stunning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and it grabs your 
grabs your attention. 100%, yeah. So we, we see Maxwell rolling around on a patterned yeah. carpet, which seems to be in a hotel room, uh, room 508. Uh, it's a couple of minutes till six o'clock. Unclear if it's evening or morning. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a shiny slate or black suit with a V-neck, a green V-neck underneath. He's being shot from above around the hotel room. The room feels to have a very late 60s, 70s aesthetic. We see a lady with a hat and a shiny gold raincoat. She enters the building. As she climbs the steps, she removes her coat, walks down the hall, and makes her way to room 508. She enters to Maxwell on the floor at her feet. Then the video shoot begins because she begins to point a very bright light to Maxwell um, as he has a floral wallpaper background as he sings his song. Cue the bridge. Maxwell has his jacket off and is kissing on our love interest's neck. They start to stroke their extremities and <laughs> it seems <laughs> like they're naked. <laughs> Not the stroking of extremities. <laughs> You know, they're stroking the arms and legs and, you know, I'm sure other things um, underneath the sheets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're adults. And yes, the theme is very adult. Um, Maxwell proceeds to sing his song in the room and we end with the 508 sign on the closed door. My take on this, it's, it's a hotel rendezvous, right? Where Maxwell is anticipating for his lady caller to join him. Mm -hmm. And he's excited to hook up with her all night long. What's your take? You know, just him being his sexy self. Yeah. That hair, that bone structure. Yeah. I can just tell he takes care of his hands. Mm. He's got rings on his finger, like like manly rings, and he's got like a like a like a band around his wrist, that bohemian style. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And being able to sing like that and that falsetto. Yes. I mean, you just, I just, I, speechless I am. Speechless I am. I have no words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, the music video, you, you feel like the anticipation, right? Like he's waiting for her to come to meet up with him. Mm-hmm. And it's like he doesn't know what to do with his energy and um i think that's hot <laughs> totally and i really like the um the the opening lyrics Penetrating your dark world. Oh my. <laughs> Those words are just so like, if somebody says that to me, I just feel like they've just peered into my soul. Because first of all, how are you going to tell me how I feel, but then be like on point with it? Like, excuse me. Like, why are you talking to me like that? When your dark world gets penetrated? Because listen, a lot of people 
don't they they don't let people in you know if you can can get with somebody and they're just like peering into you feel like they're peering into your soul and they're actually seeing you for kind of who you are that's deep and you're going to put it down so hard that the neighbors are going to be like oh my gosh we gotta call the cops right <laughs> and then the cops have to come come knocking not a neighbor like the cop has to come <laughs> well i was listening to an interview with him he wanted to take a different take on on you know the police coming over to you know a person of color's residence right because at the time it was it'd be due to violence mm -hmm. but here it's due to lovemaking so he wanted to challenge that and it's like rather than be violent so there's going to be loving going on yeah and um yeah and it's kind of like can you like imagine like the cops knock you both come <laughs> to the door and you're like we're okay <laughs> Hey, hey, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to yeah, see I'm here. Sorry about that. I'm sorry. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep, keep it, it down. down. We'll keep it down. <laughs> um, must be nice. <laughs> That's aspirational, right? <laughs> yeah. No, totally. You know, in the '90s, the fact that this kind of song would come out with these types of lyrics. He's kind of talking about all these things and then, you know, till the cops come knocking, but it's also kind of like, if it's all right, like there's an asking of consent there consent. back in the nineties, mm -hmm. which is kind of like, wow, Maxwell is there for women. And he's basically saying, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to turn you out, but if it's all right, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> That's, that's huge. And that's why we love him. Yeah. I feel like he's a big feminist at heart. Oh, absolutely. No, 100%. I mean, you don't even have to wonder. You don't have to wonder. Yeah. And no. listen, his next single that came out on July 30th of 1996 was called Ascension, Don't Ever Wonder. Um, that was written by him and a man by the name of Ital Schur. Might be mispronouncing that. Apologies. Um, and it was produced by Muse, which was one of Maxwell's alter egos or his other like, alias that he used for, for production. The original title of this song was XXX. So Ascension, Don't Ever Wonder, debuted on the hot R&B hip-hop singles and tracks in August of 1996 and eventually peaked at number eight. It spent 18 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number 36. It even reached the top 30 in the UK, peaking at number 28 on the UK singles chart. And on the UK R&B chart, it peaked at number six. It also charted in, uh, in Scotland as well. Look at that. With the Scots, digging it. All right. And uh, this video was directed by Liz Friedlander, who was a very accomplished director who we've seen before in the first season with uh, Alanis Morissette's You Learn video. Yes. Well, it's a cute little music video as well. Um, 
the video starts with a closed 007 aperture, as well as various silhouettes of Maxwell dancing in dark settings. We see people entering the space and they seem lost and confused as they keep looking behind them. As Maxwell starts to sing, a light is shown on to him to a close-up of him singing into an old-timey mic, but this old-timey mic is more 70s. He's in a silver outfit and he has a band behind him. There's a coolness as he sings and dances. As the first verse begins, the aperture opens and there's two women and they are revealed, again with the 60s and 70s vibe. One of them has feathers on her lashes and the other one has an amazing fro. Then a gentleman in another model type pops up from the aperture and it appears as this is a fashion show slash performance space and the models are entering through the aperture and Maxwell is performing in the middle as the models walk past him from both sides. As people enter, they start dancing and vibing. It's refreshing and sophisticated with a funky R&B performance. And that's kind of the video. What are your thoughts? I just love to, to look at him and any of these performance videos where we kind of see him in his, in his vibe, in his element. Um, I love it. Pretty, pretty straightforward. But again, we just seeing we're seeing visuals of Maxwell in this outfit with this hair, bone structure still intact, <laughs> lips divine. Like just, just wanna. Uh. Like, I could imagine, you know, this is kind of a little bit similar to what you would, what you would see from him, if you got to experience one of his performances at Nels. I did not get to experience that, but I imagine that um, this was kind of the vibe that it was giving a little bit. Yeah, I got to see Maxwell in concert, and um, <laughs> Alicia Keys opened for him. Yes, no, totally. Definitely have seen Maxwell, but just like not in that, not in that small Nels type of an intimate. Like an intimate. Yeah. yeah. I saw Maxwell twice, probably in life. Once at Radio City, um, where was him? I can't remember if anybody opened for mm -hmm. him. And then the second time is when you said Alicia Keys opened for him? Yep. Yes. So I went to that show and at Madison Square Garden. Was that Madison? Was that, that the was big garden or was it at the um was it at it the was, smaller the theater or was it at the, the theater? The big, it was at the it theater, the yes. Theater. Yep. And I didn't have a ticket, but I actually took a chance. Um I actually I unfortunately missed most of Alicia Keys, but oh. $40 scalper ticket, second row, boom. Wow. So I was just kind of like, cause I was, I liked Alicia Keys, but I was really like Maxwell. I was just like, I really want to see Maxwell again in this like type venue. So yes, great show. Good stuff. Yeah. Got lucky. Kids, you can't always trust the tickets that you get from scalpers. But in this instance, it worked out in my favor. Yeah. Well, I met Maxwell. What? Yeah. I met Maxwell. <laughs> Tell us more. Yeah, uh, went to a house party in Midtown Manhattan, and um, it was the apartment of the artist that did the art cover for The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Mm. And so it was just like drinks and music was playing, and uh, Maxwell showed up and completely freaked out, and I was kind of like, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact. <laughs> 
And um, the host introduced us to Maxwell. And it was like, oh, nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. And I don't believe I said anything after that. And then, oh, you know, <laughs> you kept it cool. You kept, kept it cool. cool. And then, like, the conversation kind of pivoted away from us. And then uh, we walked away. And um, but I like to say I shook his hand. And he's a very tall, gorgeous man. <laughs> I love it. I love that you had that experience. I'm a little bit jealous. Yeah. I mean. I should have reacted more. I should have been like, oh, my God, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> but you wanted to keep it cool. You wanted to keep it cool. I want to keep it cool. Yeah. Because, you know, celebrities are like us. They just want to party. That's you know, true. They, want, yeah. they don't want fandom all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but this music video is what kind of piqued my interest because... You know, the aesthetic, it was, you know, 70s, like 60s, 70s. You know, it wasn't what was happening at the time, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to an interview that uh, Maxwell's always felt like he was another. His mother was from Haiti and his, his father is Puerto Rican. So he was always didn't feel like he belonged in circles. And... I think this music video spoke to me as another because the aesthetic wasn't what was happening, right? Like, mm-hmm. And then some of the models were not conventional models. I remember there's a, mm-hmm. a woman with red hair and piercings, right? And so I realized, oh, others can be cool. Mm-hmm. And I really, yeah, enjoyed this music because it's danceable. It's danceable R&B. Yeah. Agreed but still has that R&B love. Yeah. Right. But we're not used to it. But less toxic, less toxic than the other R&B love that we typically cover, that we have covered. Yeah. Less toxic. Yes. <laughs> the more self-aware. Yes. Um, but it's danceable R&B, which we're not used to. So hearing that that quite uh, that often and so it was refreshing that you could get down to a good r&b song yeah and it's very grown yes it's grown folks grown folks music but we vibe to it but also grown folks could vibe to it as well very timeless this song comes on today it's like you're transported back to that time yeah and again with the lyrics Shouldn't I realize you're the highest of the high? If you don't know, then I'll say it. So don't ever wonder. That right there is so powerful to me because it's kind of like, first of all, the name of the song is called Ascension, Don't Ever Wonder. But we never talk about ascension itself. We never use those words, but it's about ascension. Like it's about ascension. Right. So that's that's one thing. And it's kind of like, you know, if you have a, a partner, you want to let them know that that they're it. They're on a pedestal. And if you don't know it, then I'll say it. So you don't have to wonder about it because I'm telling you. Boom. Right. <laughs> but what leads that leads to that, I love the lyric that says, You gave me this beating, baby. This rhythm inside. But like, if someone is making you feel loved and giving you paradise, 
yeah, you don't have to wonder. Yes, yes. It's gorgeous. It's a beautiful song. Mm. And how often do we hear men use those types of sentiments? Honestly, me for, for a really long time, I didn't think that men had feelings like that. So, <laughs> you know, you often see in the media women being portrayed as having the, you know, the more emotional, having those feelings. Yes, we know men have feelings, but their way they express them sometimes is not traditionally something that they they feel comfortable with. But basically... We're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> I love it. I love it for y'all. Um, but to actually hear somebody basically express that, it's basically like... You gave me, he's saying like, you gave me a home and you gave me peace. And, and because of that, yeah. you're, you're on high and don't ever wonder about how I'm feeling about yeah. you because I got you. But if you want to know, I'll tell you. Yes. You want to know, so I'm going to tell you, and this is, and this is it. So you don't have to be wondering and you don't have to be like, is he or isn't mm. he? Does he or doesn't he? Cause you, cause you already know. And isn't that just refreshing, right? Like that communication where it's like, yes, oh. communication. Yes. Goals. Yeah. I'm glad that we, that we happened upon this, uh, th this good corner of R&B love. It's good R&B love, right? Yeah. Cause, cause it exists. It exists. It exists. Yeah. Again, there's room, there's room for it all. <laughs> I mean, it is a little toxic when he says I can't live my life. <laughs> like how long is how long is it going to take until you speak, baby? Because I can't live my life. I mean, you. when you <laughs> when you break it down like that and you say it like that, maybe a little <laughs> bit unhealthy. But he's just trying to communicate like, I want you and I need you in my life. So how long is it going to take? Just let me know how long it's going to take so I can arrange my affairs because I need to know. <laughs> and when can we do a little something, something? Exactly. And speaking of which, that's something something track. That was the next song released from this album. All I wanna know that track was originally titled Hot Chocolate. Oh. It peaked at number 22 on the Billboard Hot Dance Music and Maxi Single sales charts in the US. I peaked in my teens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, and again, you know, lyrically, we have language that's like, you know, if it's cool, respecting a woman's choices and yep. you know giving them the uh the uh the space to say no mm. i wouldn't say no to maxwell just saying oh my um, <laughs> wait is maxwell one of your passes you know what this wasn't talked about explicitly but you know <laughs> i mean i'm sure i'm sure i could get a, i'm sure i could get a pass from maxwell i'm sure i could get a pass from maxwell uh, yeah i'm sure, sure that wouldn't be yeah. a problem i mean yeah <laughs> um 
and in this track, he gave a, you know, a shout out to the, uh, to the, to the melanated women, you know, losing myself inside her ebony flavor with a cocoa kind of flow, honeydew, sugar, chocolate dumpling. Boom. I love it. Mm. And the way these lyrics just like work over these melodies and these instruments, it's, I love it. This song was written by Maxwell and Leon Weir again, and we had another appearance from uh, Matthew Ralston as he directed this music video. Definitely sexy vibes in this music video. For sure. Yeah. The video starts with an old-timey yellow taxi cab driving through a cloud of smoke at night. We see the marquee of a theater that reads, Live Sex Acts on Stage. New Bizarre Action. Girls, guys, girls. <gasps> what? <laughs> um, very 70s, 80s, Times Square kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. Maxwell jumps into the cab and asks, yo, can you take me to Broadway in 8th? He asks the cab driver if he knows how to get there. The cabbie says, oh yes, I go towards 7th Avenue and then cut over on 34th Street. Maxwell says, yeah, no, and asks, do you know where we're going? Then I believe the taxi driver begins to respond in Urdu, uh, which is kind of Pakistani, and he seems agitated. Maxwell asks, what's wrong with you, man? Look at the road. The cab driver starts laughing manically, and he seems sweaty. <laughs> Maxwell asks him to turn on the radio to 50.8. The driver apologizes and turns on the radio and he says, this is good music and continues to laugh. Something something is playing on the radio. We see Maxwell well shot from a high angle with light hitting him in a dark space. We also see scenes of New York street nightlife, a couple making out, someone hailing a cab, sex workers, religious fanatics holding signs. Like I said, it feels very Times Square in the 70s and 80s. A possible sex worker who looks like a model jumps in the cab with Maxwell while her colleagues start fighting and a wig gets snatched. And you know, it's always bad when a wig gets snatched. <laughs> Back in the cab, the two are vibing to the song and not really talking to each other. Maxwell starts to eye her up and tosses and catches a tiny disco ball. He later hands that to her. Then other people jump into the cab, a white skater couple sits between the two, a lady starts to dance between the two, four cheerleaders jump in with their pom-poms, an older lady with a sign that reads, let's clean up the air, the airlines, our minds, our mouths, especially vulgar videos. Message. <laughs> Other model types jump in and older men dancing the best way they can jump into the cab. When the couple is alone again, they begin to play with the disco ball. They laugh and touch each other. Maxwell arrives to his destination, which is a building with double doors and a window cross on each door. He later squats down and recreates the artwork that we see on the Ascension single. Did you notice he had a Puerto Rican flag ring on his middle finger? I did not notice that. Yep. So it was a nod to his father. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, really fun music video. We've all been on a taxi cab ride in New York City and seen some hijinks and calamity. Oh, yeah. We've always had, you know, interesting drivers. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think 
this music video and the album is a, kind of a a nod to New York um, because yeah. that's where he came from. I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, it definitely gave me a little bit of a um, a, a taxi cab confession vibe, sort of the people getting in and out of the uh, out of the cab. Right. <laughs> I also really liked when Maxwell first got into the cab. The music that was playing was the welcome intro music. Oh, yeah. You know, chronologically on the album, Welcome was the song that preceded something, something on the album. So it just, it made sense for that song to be on before something, something got kind of, you know, came on. Yeah. And the, you know, when you hear it, if you knew the album, it just put you in a good place. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know the album, Oh yeah. When you would listen to it, you're like, oh, this is a song before something something started in the music video. So good marketing. Yeah, totally. And then the the uh the woman who was in the video was a top model of the nineties. Her name was Christelle Saint Louis Augustine. She's from Paris, France, and she was born to uh Caribbean parents. So shout out to her being in this video as well. But um, this song, to me, it was a little bit of a, uh, a sister, a, a, a companion song to Ascension, Don't Ever Wonder. Mm. Maybe even like a part two, like just like a, like a great, you're, you're in that same vibe. Yeah. And yeah, just, just grooving, just, just a vibe, just a vibe. Totally. Another danceable R&B track. Yeah. Which again, they're rare. <laughs> yeah. The next single that was released from this album was Sweet Lady, The Proposal Jam. That was released in May of 1997. And that peaked at number 64 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Airplay component chart. That was uh, written by Maxwell and then it was produced by Maxwell and Ha David. Um, no video for this track, though. But, I mean, a great track. Definitely quintessential for The Quiet Storm. 100%. Um, I listened to a interview where Maxwell, and this is maybe why we love him so much, he grew up listening to Frankie Crocker on The Quiet Storm. As we all did. I know. Um, he ran home to watch Video Music Box. And so he came from where we came from and got to listen to what we listened to growing up. And uh, yeah. so we, that's why I think he speaks to us. Yes. We love it. Speak to us. <laughs> and sing, to, to, us us and and sing to us. Sing to us. Sing to us. Dance. <laughs> um, the last single from this album was probably my favorite from this album. And it is whenever, wherever, whatever. Ugh. Whenever you yearn for the love in me. Whenever, wherever, whatever. Baby. Whenever, wherever, whatever. Are you going to cry? I can't. It's okay. It's a safe I can't. Space. It's, it's safe so space. emotional, this tell. song. 
I revisited this album and I cried. Oh, um, yes, it's too emotional it in a good way. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, this song, I mean, is ugh, Chef's Kiss. Yeah, totally <laughs> T- timeless. This song was written by Maxwell and Stuart Matthewman, who, if you don't know who Stuart Matthewman is, he is a part of Sade, which is a band and not just a person. (laughs) Sade, I do, is the lead singer of Sade. Some might say Sadie. Some might say Sadie, yes, as we often do, you know. Not to be confused with Sade, Better and Wah from Eyewitness News. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember that. Yes. So listen, we love Sade on this podcast. Yes. For sure. And the, like talk about Timeless. So he's very instrumental in all of that band's um, music. So he partnered with, with Maxwell on this track. And um, we love that. In terms of the video, that was directed by Sophie Muller, who directed videos for Sade, The Arithmics. Later, she would go on to direct for Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Most recently, she did the Kylie Minogue Pradam Pradam video. Yeah. So she's, you know, she's she's one of the ones. Yeah. And this feels like a very Sophie Muller uh, music video because there's that that tent she's kind of known for. Mm-hmm. So we're back at the hotel room and this is kind of like a, a bookend to the music videos, right? The music video starts with the Till the Cops Come Knocking reprise or reprise, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So definitely makes sense. We, we get full circle of where we began. So Maxwell is trying to get reception from the TV set, and all he's getting is snow and static. He hits the TV set, because can you believe that actually used to work? Yeah. (laughs) It did, yes. Do you remember hitting the TV, and then you would get image? Yeah. Maxwell's wearing a red sweater with a white t-shirt underneath, and he has his hands on his head. He is going through it. (laughs) We focus on the aluminum that's wrapped on the antenna of the TV. And can you believe that actually used to work? Yeah, yeah. It was a different time, but yes. We would wrap (laughs) aluminum foil on an antenna and we'd get more, we'd get a better image on the television. Insane. (laughs) Back to the video. Back to the music video. He half-heartedly brushes his teeth in the mirror spits it out on the sink and splashes some water on his face and wipes his mouth with a green towel. He mouths, if you yearn for the love in me, but breaks the fourth wall when he says, the love in me. And he looks at us, the viewer. He opens the mirror cabinet door and then we see the reflection of Maxwell. But it's a different version of Maxwell. It's a more confident version, a bit scarier version. Uh, definitely not a victim. Mm. Through the video, we see it's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde Maxwell. We see a sweet, sad, romantic version. And then we see this confident, sexual, sinister version. Sweet Maxwell sings into the mirror, lies down, grabs the camera as he's grabbing our faces closer. Then he lets go of it. And we move away. And I wrote, great hand acting. (laughs) Nice guy Maxwell sees there's a 
high heel shoe beneath the bed. This is the same high heel shoe that we see in the album cover. Mm-hmm. And he reaches for it in a concerned, perhaps nostalgic way. Then Sinister Maxwell reaches for it in a more seductive way. I thought, you should have gone to the other side of the bed to get it, because it would have been closer. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Don't you hate when you do that? It's like right in the middle and you're like, nope. Yeah. I should have gone on the other side. <laughs> From underneath the bed, nice guy Maxwell sees a pair of boots sitting in a chair. It turns out to be himself having feelings. <laughs> But when he says, bye-bye, baby, he smiles. Perhaps it's a hopeful smile, as in, this isn't really goodbye. We then cut to Maxwell on a yellow mattress with what appears to be a Fernando Botero painting, which has three topless mermaids. Mm. Then lots of images of focus and unfocused Maxwell wraps the music video. Um, such a great ballad. Did you know that there was no drums in this track. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I felt like it was just, we just heard the, the guitars. Yeah, I believe it was like, as you mentioned, it, it was like a an homage to Sade. Yeah. Right, because like, Sade always didn't have like drums. Um, it just felt really Sade. Yeah. We love Sade, like I mentioned, this, this song, simple, but again, gets you in your feels. We're kind of teetering toward the, um, you know, the 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 type of R and B love that that we typically cover, which is kind of like, you know, I'll give you the breath that I that I breathe. <laughs> Whatever it is that you want, just let me know. So a little bit, you know, for for you and your blood, I will bleed. Like it's it it gets it, it goes there, but. So beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, it's kind of like an open-ended goodbye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's saying, you know what? I gave it a shot. The ball's in your court. I'm going to be here. We could do whatever. Yeah. What, you know what I mean? Like, which isn't always great because, you know, sure. you're taking what this person's giving you and you probably deserve more. Yeah. But we've all been in that place where we're like, I'll take whatever you can give me because oh yeah, I'm so obsessed with you. And um, that's... Toxic. Toxic. It's toxic. <laughs> yeah. But when you put it with like strings, Ugh. against strings and then Maxwell's falsetto, like it's a beautiful song. And it's kind of like, I don't want to say bye-bye to someone who sings me that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you have to listen to this and you just can't overthink it. You just have to be like, yes, this is just like a stage, a stage of, of love. This is one stage of, of love. Yes. But it's beautiful. Like, yeah. if you don't have feelings when you hear this song. Yeah. Then you're a sociopath. <laughs> but wait, you have feelings. So you're not a sociopath. Or are you? Well, I think sociopaths know how to like deal with feelings. I don't know. But you have feelings? What? I know, but I don't know how to deal with feelings. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure. Anyways, this is this is another podcast. <laughs> for another time. Definitely for another time. Um, yeah, I mean, no notes on this song. <laughs> yeah, it's really timeless and 
one of my favorites from this from this album and i don't know it just really gets you in the feels i mean do you think this album might have been underrated um i think it was a slow burn i think people did catch up to it eventually i'm worried about the children now i'm like do they know Maxwell? Do they know this album? Because this album, like I said, is a complete work, start to finish. It's like, it's a record you could put on and just leave on. Mm-hmm. And I think nowadays, you don't need albums, you know, you just need that one song. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, a curated playlist. Um, So not sure if young people gravitate to this now but um it is timeless and it's great yeah so we are urging you to revisit this album take a look because it is a classic it is a classic i read a um rolling stone magazine where they said urban hang suite helped prove that a pre-hip-hop r&b traditional album could still be creative and commercially commercially viable at a time when rap was already taking over pop culture mm-hmm. and so it was a reminder it's like yeah r&b is it's timeless it works yeah totally and you just got to find your audience there there's many um sub genres within r&b and he stakes his claim and the cult the culture needed it the culture wanted it, and the culture loved it. Yes. We love you, Maxwell! And we love you. <laughs> so I loved talking about Maxwell and going down memory lane of all the uh, the good tracks from Maxwell's debut, Urban Hang Sweet. But we've come to the part of the show that we call, So What Are You Listening To? We each have 30 seconds or till the cops come knocking. Nice. To go over a song we're listening to this week. It doesn't have to do with this week's album or artist. It doesn't have to be a good song. It can be a guilty pleasure or it can be a track you heard about and want to see what all the fuss is about. It doesn't even have to have a music video, but it can. So my question for you is, what are you listening to? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm listening to way too much. I, it's, I, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. And, and I'm going to narrow it down. Do it. So I listening to three. Okay. And it is the something something mellow smooth <laughs> from the love Jones. Oh, is that yours too? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> from the Love Jones soundtrack. And then, I mean, it's a slowed down version of Something Something, which is amazing. So definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. I continued listening to the Love Jones soundtrack, but I said, nope, nope, let's wait for when we cover soundtracks because this soundtrack is one of the ones. Yes, yes, yes. So then I'm also listening to Maxwell's Something Something mantra version or mantra uncut version. I was unfamiliar with this version. Mm. Did you know this? Mm -hmm. 
that was back when I was buying single CD singles because they had like all kinds of yeah, yeah. remixes on them. So yes. I guess we didn't have this in Jers. We didn't have it at the coconuts. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> Disrespectful. I know. So listening to that great version of this amazing song. And I'm listening to Bad Habits from Maxwell. Mm. And that um, has an amazing video with Kerry Washington. And they are making, um, you know, bad decisions, uh, which look sexy because they're both sexy. And uh, yeah, so definitely check out Bad Habits. So listening to nothing but Maxwell this week. So, Crystal, what are you listening to this week? Well, as as you mentioned, you were listening to the Mellow Smooth version of Something Something. I, too, was listening to that. Love Jones, Picture It, Nia Long, Lorenz Tate. Pivotal movie in the, um, in the culture. Yes. It's one of the songs from the soundtrack, and it is so good. I love it so much. Um, so listening to that, and then... Also listening to the Spanish version of Whenever, Wherever, Whatever. Come on. Because why not? I don't know it. Uh, it's a beautiful song anyway. So like it's even more beautiful when it's in another language. So I'd be curious to, to see what your thoughts were on that one when you give it a listen. Well, in a romance language. All right. Oh, Oh, no, I don't want to cry. I feel like that's going to make me cry. That's okay. Maybe you need to. Listen, sometimes we need to cry. I've been crying way too much. (laughs) Just go with it. You just got to go with it. Mm -mm, I'll just be stuck crying all the time. No, it's not. (laughs) No, I feel you though. Yeah, I don't cry often because I'm like, if I start crying, I won't stop. I won't stop. But that's not true. Of course you're going to stop. Of course you're going to stop. I don't want my eyes to get all puffy. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to cry it out, though. Sometimes you just got to cry it out. Oof. Um, I mean, I do say joke about how, like, you know, sad this is, but it, it's also happy, danceable tracks on this album. You have to listen to this album start to finish. Um, it's one of the ones essential essential album no skips as far as i'm concerned no skips yep just front to back play it yeah and he also <laughs> that listen this album also had the you know a hidden track sort of deal oh, with right. you know the last song and then you know you had to wait you had to let it play for i don't know 4 or 5 minutes and then it kind of came back with the 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 till the cops come knocking reprise which like i often did i would put the cds in and i would just kind of go about my business and have it play and mm-hmm. then the last track would play and then i just kind of let it play and then a few minutes later like music comes back on and i'm like what happened and it's like what look at that you discovered a <laughs> hidden track <laughs> love those hidden tracks oh also the unplugged is worth worth mentioning oh my gosh yes mtv unplugged yeah yeah, that's when I first was introduced. Well, actually, and his concert at Radio City, 
that's when I first heard him do this woman's work. Uh, I was not familiar with, with Kate Bush at all. Um, but I, you know, he did this song and I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, like that's a huge feat to do a song that's not familiar to your audience, but still be able to kind of touch them. And I was touched. I love being touched. I was like, oh my gosh, who is this Kate Bush? You what? I don't know what her version sounds like, but yours, I'm all about. <laughs> um, I knew Kate Bush, but I did not know the song. I did not know Kate Bush at all. So, so when he did this, I was just kind of like, oh, I do her. I really like her version as well. But yes. he was the introduction um, yeah. to me, and it was just kind of like you actually kept the attention of this audience with a song that I'm gonna go out on a limb and say most of the audience did not know, was not mm. aware of. And you just slayed it so hard. And then by the time the Unplugged came out, it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, he's doing it and we're getting to see it, you know, again. That along with Nine Inch Nails Closer, which he killed. Oh, that's right. So um, so yeah. Uh, Maybe we should do a um we'll do a uh an unplugged, uh best, best of unplugged of, or something like yeah, that. There's a lot of gems out there. Yeah. Oh my god, this was a uh, heartbreaking, fun, happy, <laughs> all the emotions episode. I really love revisiting um, this album and uh, Maxwell as an artist. So good. Loved, revered. You know, there's actually an Urban Hang Suite cruise that's happening in February. Are you kidding me right now? Oh, God. I'm not kidding you. Let's do it. <laughs> Should we do it? Um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe we should. That'd be, oh my gosh. What if we, what if we do it and then we do a record a podcast episode from, yes, we're not going to make promises, but we are going to look into it. And then we're going to let you know why we didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at that ends uh this edition of remember music videos we want to thank everyone who gave us a listen a huge thank you to maxwell for giving us something to talk about our theme music is by audrey harris culver of lady socket and if you want to see the music videos we discussed today you can find them on our youtube channel and facebook and give us a follow on instagram and tiktok at rmv podcast just a reminder that all videos might not be available online or in your territory but that could change so keep checking if you have any thoughts or if you have a favorite video you'd like us to discuss go ahead and send us an email at remembermusicvideos at gmail.com if you like what you heard go ahead and click that like button follow subscribe and feel free to give us a rating five stars only but only if you want to. But most importantly, remember music videos. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody, baby. Until next time. Bye. No animals were harmed in the recording of this podcast. Do you want to call me after? We can just cry together. (laughs) Okay. How about I just call you? video call and i just don't say anything i just cry like to camera yeah don't say anything put the phone away so that it's like facing like the ceiling or something like that and i can just hear the audio (laughs) of just like (laughs) (laughs) how about i do it in front of a mirror (laughs) have the camera
pointing to mirror so you can see. That'd be even better. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's do that. Okay. Looking forward. Perfect.